Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. And on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at James Harden. And more importantly, why there's only one team, I believe, that has a good enough offer and a good enough need to get James Harden. And more importantly, why I think there are so many other teams out there that just won't go for James Harden. So we're going to look at what makes James Harden interesting. Look at some James Harden um, news and what team I believe has the best shot, and more importantly, why the other teams that have shown interest aren't good picks for a landing spot. So I guess let's uh, get started, let's uh, get moving, and let's go into it. So what you're probably wondering is, you know, what team I'm going to say uh, is going to be the top spot and the only spot I really think James Harden's going to go to. And we'll get to that. But first, let's look at James Harden as a whole. He has two things going for him that most teams in the NBA probably cannot compete with. First thing is his contract, which is about $41 million, Which, if you're someone who's actually interested in getting James Harden on your team, it's going to be very difficult to, I guess, make that sort of money situation matching uh, purposes take place. So I don't see um, really a lot of teams being involved just based off of the sheer fact that it's probably going to be very difficult for um, a lot of teams to get uh, James Harden just because of that salary situation, which, um, yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, it's uh, the best right now. Then we have the other factor, which is he's a top 10 player in the league. And he's someone who is going to request a lot. He is going to be someone who is going to need a lot of stuff coming his way, or coming the way of Houston because of the fact that he's top 10. And he is someone who is one of the greatest in the NBA, future Hall of Famer, MVP. And those players don't come around often. So the best example I can find is Anthony Davis, who... Well, I don't know if he was top 10 when he got traded to the Lakers, but he's top 10 now. His package was Brandon Ingram, who is still young and eventually has become an all-star. Lonzo Ball, who's not nearly as good as expected, but he's still a good role player. And then there is Josh Hart, who is a great defensive and offensive bench player, plus multitude of pick swaps and draft picks coming the way of the Pelicans. So... If you're using that as your basis, you're going to need several pieces thrown into this to make it work. And so I think, you know, there are going to be a lot of factors, but using that Pelicans trade as a benchmark, I'm assuming that's what the bare minimum is going to be for the James Harden situation. Some sort of future all-star slash already all-star, someone who's very young and talented, and then a good guy off the bench who can potentially make things work. I don't know. Um, So if we're looking at all of those factors, uh, you have to take into account that some teams have no need for James Harden because they already have guys at that position. The only team that makes the most sense is the 76ers because, number one, they have contracts to match. Number two, they have a need for a solid point guard. We've seen that last year and this year. And number three, there's the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid issue, 
which I think is going to be a big problem. And I think for many teams out there, they're just not going to um, be um, okay with, um, you know, trading away some top-tier talent. But I think the 76ers could do that. Now, I think Ben Simmons is going to have to be involved, which no one has said specifically Ben Simmons is available. But I think he would be for the right price. So in this case, we're going to see... Um, Ben Simmons get traded so one of the best deals I came up with and you know I think this works is Ben Simmons Tony Bradley Shake Milton and two first round picks in 2021 and 2023 as well as uh, two pick swaps in 2022 and 2024 so you basically get all those draft picks plus Philadelphia has um, a handful of second round picks um a 2024 pick from Miami, and a 2023 pick from Atlanta. Um, is Those are all going to um, the Houston Rockets. Those are second-round picks. So basically, it's two first-round picks, two pick swaps, two second-round picks, Ben Simmons, Shake Milton, and Tony Bradley for James Harden and P.J. Tucker's being involved also because I think the 76ers are giving up a lot. They're going to want something back in return. Now, you could throw in other pieces, such as um, Daniel House or Ben McLemore or somebody else um, to be a bench piece. I just don't think that's going to happen. So we're going to be sticking with um, just P.J. Tucker and James Hart. Now, I didn't think you needed to add Matisse Thibule or Tyrese Maxey or any of these younger guys um, besides... Um, you know, Shake Milton and I threw Tony Bradley in just because, you know, he's a young center and I think the Houston Rockets need someone who could be a solid center. This season he's averaging four points and eight rebounds. Um, and um, then Shake Milton's averaging 11 points. So, you know, given a bigger role, he could be a little bit better of a player with um, Houston than maybe we see with the 76ers. So I think... Um, yeah, at this point, that's a good trade. So now what I want to do is look at all these other teams and why they don't make any sense for a James Harden trade. So first up is Milwaukee, and it doesn't really make sense to me because the package wouldn't be that um, good. You'd have to throw in Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday just to make salary matching purposes take place, and I don't think they want to do that. It doesn't seem like to me that's the case, and they don't have draft picks. It doesn't work. Toronto Raptors at this point, if Ben Simmons is on the table, you're going to have to add Siakam, which I don't know the Raptors want to do. And, you know, it just doesn't seem like the right move. And they don't have um, a lot of young players that would entice um, the Rockets outside of Siakam. And maybe Ananobe, but I don't know if uh, they would part with both of those guys uh, if they were Toronto. Um, then we have the Celtics, who have shown interest, but I think with the success that we've seen from Jalen Brown, it seems like he is off the table now, as Tatum was already off the table, in my opinion. Kemba Walker's great, but he hasn't played yet, and he's not going to get traded because no one's going to want him at this point because he's been out for the whole season so far. So the Celtics aren't going to do anything with Jalen Brown. And Danny Ainge now has a reason to tell Celtics fans and other NBA fans to, you know, quiet down because Jalen Brown and Tatum 
are looking very good. So, you know, they're not going to get traded. Celtics aren't going to make a deal. Pacers could try something with Oladipo and Turner, but I don't think they're going to get rid of either of those guys. Sabonis is staying. Uh, I think the Pacers will stick with what they got because, you know, it seems to be doing uh, good for them. And so at this point, they're kind of out of uh, the race for James Harden, even though I don't think they were in it. Brooklyn, their package isn't what is um, interesting enough for the Rockets. They've uh, stated this before. Multiple sources on uh, the internet have, uh, with credible information, have said the Nets package isn't what Houston's looking for, so they'd need a third team involved. And three-team deals are harder than two-team deals to get done. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Most of the rest of the Eastern Conference, I don't see them being involved, either because they have no need to get him or it would cost a lot, and they don't want to give up what's um, going to be the asking price. Going to the Western Conference, you know, the Lakers and Clippers already have a good teams. They're not involved. The Nuggets have been interested, but I don't think a Michael Porter Jr.-led team with Gary Harris and Will Barton and these other pieces would be enough. Maybe if you throw in Jamal Murray, he'd get something, but I don't see it happening otherwise. Um, Utah, I think... If they threw Gobert in there, you could see something taking place, but I don't think they want to get rid of him, seeing as they just paid him a lot to stay long-term. You have Dallas, who doesn't have the pieces or the draft picks. The Trailblazers don't have the pieces, unless, uh, I guess, you throw in McCollum, but he doesn't really fit their timeline, so you'd have to do some sort of three-team deal. Memphis doesn't have any need to get involved. The Suns don't have the assets, unless they want to get rid of um, someone like Booker, which they won't. The Spurs could uh, get involved, but I just don't see the, the reasoning behind it. If you look at the Timberwolves, they'd have to give up Anthony Edwards, Jared Culver, and a bunch of other pieces, which I don't think they have. Plus, they're giving a pick to the Golden State Warriors. And then the Golden State Warriors, just they don't seem like they're the spot because you know, you'd have to give up Kelly Oubre, James Weissman, Andrew Wiggins, and draft picks, like three or four of them. And that Minnesota pick, which I don't think they'll do. The Pelicans, they just don't seem like the team because they have Zion. They have a good core. They're not going to want to mess with that. Um, so I think they're um, building, rebuilding, starting from scratch. Ingram, Ball, Zion. They don't need to get involved. And they got rid of Drew Holiday. I feel like if you wanted to do something, you should have kept him around. Um, so, yeah. Coming back full circle, 76ers are the only team I see with the logistical um, pieces. Because if you throw Ben Simmons in, I don't see any other teams matching that. Although the way Jalen Brown's been playing, maybe um, that gets it done. But if you're looking at this from any other angle, money-wise, talent-wise, it's just easy to see how and why a team like the 76ers has the best offer. And... You know, there might be teams out there that'll come out of left field and, you know, they'll, you know, maybe make some sort of a um, offer just to make one, just to say, hey, um, you know, this is what's going to happen. We'll just throw this offer out there. They probably will say no, but I guess it doesn't uh, it doesn't hurt to try. Um, it's just, you know, Philly's the best offer. And so when it comes down to it, it's going to be James Harden, who is visibly upset with his situation most likely going to in my opinion the Philadelphia 76ers because 
they have the best package. Young players, talent, Ben Simmons, if he's thrown in, uh, draft picks, etc. Obviously, if you know you have a situation where Ben Simmons is not going to be involved and the 76ers have said, hey, uh, yeah, we're not adding him in, then of course that's a totally different ball game, and that opens the door for other teams to sneak in. But at the end of the day, the offers aren't going to come up, and I believe that the 76ers will offer something that's good enough. Ben Simmons might be involved. He might not. And I just think it's going to be the case that James Harden goes to Philly. Now, I could prove, you could prove me wrong. And three weeks from now, two days from now, we could find out that James Harden goes um, to uh, another team. But looking at it, it's going to be, in my opinion, um, that uh, James Harden goes to um, play basketball, whether it's at the deadline or the offseason, with um, the 76ers. And I think that's just as good of a um, situation as I can say. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. Then we have some groundbreaking uh, NBA news that I want to discuss because I think it's a big step in the right direction despite it only being uh, one game. So basically Spurs were playing their game and on Wednesday um, Greg Popovich was ejected and that was a big move not because he was kicked out of the game but more importantly because um, the uh, team had its first um, woman to act as head coach, and the league had its first woman to act uh, as head coach. Becky Hammond replaced Greg Popovich, taking over the first woman to act as a head coach in a regular season game. Um, and she's actually up for the NBA, uh, or I guess I should say the Naismith Hall of Fame this season, along with Paul Pierce and Chris uh, Bosch. Uh, I think there's some other names um, as well. But this is a big moment because I think there have been rumblings for the past few years with head coaching situations in which maybe um, she could be an option. And Milwaukee had shown interest before they got Mike Bootenholzer. Greg Popovich is 71. He's getting old. His team is just not in the right direction for a championship coach. Maybe this season it's the end and maybe Hammond steps in as a replacement. I think, you know... There are a lot of teams out there that could use her ability, and um, it shouldn't matter if she is a woman or not. Um, if she's the best head coach for the job, then you got to throw the best head coach in that position. And so I think there isn't really anyone else I would put on the list as potential women to be head coaches in the NBA besides Hammond. And so I think it's about time that... You know, she's been sitting on the sidelines next to Greg Popovich, who's top coach in the NBA, you know, always, you know, championship caliber. Um, so you're learning from the best of the best. And, you know, I think that's, the you know, someone who really could use, uh, you know, an upgrade and potentially being a head coach. I mean, the Spurs themselves, they have Will Hardy, who's on the bench, who's a projected future head coach. Tim Duncan could be the next head coach of the Spurs. And then there's Becky Hammond. So all three of those could potentially be head coaches somewhere. Whether 
Tim Duncan's the the right choice, which I think for the Spurs he would be just because he's a recognized name. But there are other teams out there who could use uh, Becky Hammond, and I think it would be the greatest thing for the NBA if she was a head coach because she deserves it. And, you know, there aren't um, a lot of uh, head coaches out there that um, haven't gone through the circuits. And, you know, some guys have success. Some guys don't. I think it's just easy to give her, you know, her, you know, a chance. So um, I think in the future, I could easily see her being a head coach somewhere. Um, You know, there's always head coaching firings every single year. And so I think, you know, that's what you got to do. And I think she deserves uh, a spot as a head coach.